Thanks for joining the podcast with Tamara Gondor. Conversations with everyday innovators that reject status quo, think differently, and make a positive difference in their world. Listen in so you can ignite innovation, influence others, and make an impact too. And now your host, CrossFit addict, knee-high sock lover, and according to her kids, average cook, Tamara Gondor. So we have a couple of stories here. Uh, the first one was the uh, the EFM story. Uh, I'm not sure if you are know about it or not. I'm one of the co-founders of EFM, and uh, we are now into our 18th year of business uh, as an event production company. And uh, we started um, in the trade show industry. I was the second hire of a regional office in town here. And uh, one of our local uh, folks uh, that um, was from here originally came back from Portland, Oregon, and started that office. We were building traditional trade shows. And, and back, you got to remember back in um, 19, oh, gosh, it was 1999, things were booming. Uh, it was a dot-com boom. You know, the internet was really piped up. Things were starting to happen. We were approaching the year 2000. Uh, these vendor companies were just, you know, you had to spend all this money to protect yourself from your computer not crashing in the year 2000. That was that was the build. That was the hype. And then once everybody got through uh, 2000 uh, with nothing happening, uh, a lot of those companies that have overspent for the last five five years uh, pulled pulled back and said, "Gosh, we overspent here. We're we're not going to spend anymore for a while." And uh, that was also the time where we had the 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 bubble burst on the dot com era. So things just kind of slowed down at that point. And, um, you know, these traditional trade shows were IT trade shows where you have, you go into a big convention center, there was 100 to 200 booths. Those were the types of things we were doing. We're, we're marketing to the masses, anywhere from a web developer all the way up to a CIO. And you were getting CIOs there by having CIO breakfasts and all those types of things. But they really were not the audience that was going to walk that trade show floor. It's just, there just was nothing in it for them. So um, I, the, I had already uh, started working with one of the gentlemen in the office, uh, Dennis Robinson, to, and we started thinking about there has to be a way to do something smaller, more intimate, that's more strategic in nature, that would be more high-level content. And um, that is really how the, the initial stages of EFM were born. We were, we were thinking about this. We, we knew we could do it. We were working with a couple of groups, one in Iowa, one in Kansas City that we had built uh, just monthly forums, and uh, we felt we could do it with them. We felt we they we had enough relationships in those two markets to, to launch something like this. The, the, the hard part was it was going to be a competitive issue with the company we're working with. Even though it was two different products, much different products, uh, it would be competitive. And um, you know how things work and how the stars align. Uh, this company actually came in, don't forget it, May 24th, 2001, 4.30 in the afternoon, they came in and said, we're closing this regional office. Um, you have a half hour to get your stuff. And, oh, my gosh. Uh, you're being terminated. So we had uh, three of us uh, in Humboldt here. The other three were in St. Louis. They just got done doing a just very successful event there. Uh, they were fired on the spot after rebooking all the business. For this uh, so there you have it. That's that took care of the non-compete issue, right? Uh, they terminated our jobs. Yeah. So I, I want to look back very quickly, Gary, before you go on to two things. One is you had said like you and this other colleague are sitting back going, there must be a way to, 
And I feel like that's where a lot of where, where people start to think innovatively is like that phrase of, you know, there must be a way to, but on the same time, you were like, when you were kind of painting the picture of the time, you're in a time where, I mean, that, that, that burst, that internet.com burst, whatever, you know, all the different ways we call it, that impacted a lot of businesses and took a lot of businesses out and trade shows, trade shows, to your point, became irrelevant. So I'm not irrelevant, but they were, they were becoming these dinosaurs of kind of not. Yeah. So how did you think about like, Hey, we're in this declining category. People aren't spending money. We've got all this turmoil yet. Here's this opportunity that we think is going to matter. I'm just curious, like from your perspective, how you wrapped your head around that. Well, we were working with uh, some very high level folks and uh, we, you know, the content and the, the day around uh, that, that IT trade show, just there was no value for them. Yeah. Uh, so we wanted to build something that was valuable for them. And we knew uh, from the monthly meetings that we had with them where they were able to collaborate. You know, it's, it's all about what are the pain points that they have? You know, what are the things that they're experiencing every day that if, if they were able to share with somebody else, you know, how do we how do we build something that will pull that out? And uh, there were things like this going on on the coast. I mean, if you think about the big research companies, uh, Forrester, Gartner, Meta, they all had these things happening in the destination cities and on the coast. But in the Midwest, there was absolutely nothing happening with it. Um, we we started in Iowa uh, and we, you know, we circled the state with events and every market that we went to, we were blazing new ground. There were no competitors. It was, wow. it was a new, it was a new concept. Uh, I remember trying to sell the first event and uh, the vendor companies we were trying to work with were saying, well, what did you do last year? What, you know, where's your attendee list from last year? Well, there, there is none. This is a new concept. You know, this, this is what we're building. And uh, um, so, you know, that part was much more difficult than I, I thought it would be. But the model was I would go into a market and I would build a forum of IT leaders because this is another situation that was happening. People wanted to get together. They wanted to collaborate face to face. And probably even more so, right? Because things were changing around them. Well, yeah. And you got to remember, this is before this is before all the social media platforms even existed. Right. There right. was no Facebook. There was no LinkedIn. There was, you know, all this other stuff didn't exist. These people wanted to get together, but nobody had the time to do it. And and so that's where I would come in. I would I would build the form. You know, I'd cold call these people locally, build the form, build the content, find a place to host it, and we would go to those monthly meetings for the, with those people. And and we built relationships uh, for the first five years that way. Uh, and that also protected us against competition coming in because we knew about an event coming in before anybody else because they would contact executives that we work with. And to this day, it still happens that way. But so I build forum. Four months later, we'd launch an event. You know, this event will be called um, the IT Symposium. It'll be your annual meeting. And um, and that's how we'll treat this. And we'll build it for you. It's not about us. It's about you. Uh, what are your pain points? How do we solve those pain points with uh, content in this event? And and basically, if you solve half of what their pain points were, then you've got a very successful event. I love uh, the way first, you just think about that. Yeah. The first call I uh, had was, uh, you know, again, this is way back, uh, way back when we bought this book of executives. You know, it's a it's a thick book um, of full of executives are, you know, that's we use that book to 
type names into a database because they, they wasn't available electronically. So you can even imagine um, the workload that we had even doing that. But open up the book, uh, Minneapolis, uh, picked a director of IT for uh, Target Corporation. The guy's name is Dave Quigley. Um, cold called into this guy. Uh, I don't even think I got the name of the company right. Uh, I think <laughs> I said it's, uh, EMF instead of EFM because I was so <laughs> nervous, right? Yeah. He picks up the phone. Somehow we hit it off. Um, a week later, uh, Dennis Robinson, uh, which is one of the other co-founders and myself, were in this guy's office in a high-rise in Minneapolis, corner office. He's got uh, over a 1,000 IT people reporting to him. Uh, his his portion of the IT budget was was uh, close to $300 million. That one relationship brought us Minnesota, you know, and that happened over and over again. I'm in a cocktail reception and after the Sioux Falls event in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, we just got done doing a very successful event. I'm talking to a sales rep. I'm having a beer with him uh, in the cocktail reception. He covers Fargo and Sioux Falls both says, why aren't we in Fargo? I said, well, that's a great and that's a great question. Why aren't we? Uh, what do you have for relationships there? Um, again, that one person, his relationships took us from uh, Sioux Falls to Fargo. And I told told the guys on the way home uh, from uh, Sioux Falls, we're going to Fargo. So, you know, that happened over and over again. We built seven forms um, in the first uh, three or four years of business. Uh, we still manage five of those forms today, uh, 18 years later. Uh, those seven forms supported our first seven events, and um, we still have those events today. So. You know, many of the event production companies out there don't even last 18 years. Um, and a good majority of them don't have any events 18 year, years old. We've got, you know, we've got five to seven events here that, uh, well, seven events, they're in that uh, um, 16 to 18 years old. So in the early days, you know, that's how it started. You're listening to Conversations with Everyday Innovators on With Tamara Gondor Podcast. Let's take a moment to thank our generous partners that make this possible. I want to take a moment to talk about my friends at Howdy Puppy. Dogs experience all the same problems as humans when it comes to joint pain, anxiety, digestion, and arthritis. A great way to help our four-legged family members with these ailments is with CBD-infused pet treats. Who doesn't like treats? As you longtime listeners know, my Mastiff, Zoe, is part of my family, but is getting older and has some anxiety issues when strangers come around. Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats has totally changed her disposition, and I know she feels like her young, energetic, confident self when she gets Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats. There are many CBD-infused dog treats on the market, but the truth is that many of them are overpriced and ineffective. We've looked at dozens of CBD dog treats and found most of them disappointing. Howdy Puppy is among the best brands in the CBD pet business. They deliver consistent quality and their treats look and taste amazing, according to our dogs, of course. The company makes CBD dog treats in three flavors, steak, bacon, and cheese rolls. All of Howdy Puppy CBD treats contain natural ingredients, including high-quality full-spectrum hemp oil, all sourced and made in the USA. Full disclosure, I'm an investor in Howdy Puppy, but before I put my name on the company, I had an independent lab in Denver, Colorado, verify the quality and consistency of their treats. They are truly as advertised. 
Go online today at howdypuppy.com, link will also be in the show notes, and use promo code Tamara, T-A-M-A-R-A, that's me, to get 20% off the absolute best CBD dog treats on the market. You will not be disappointed. Howdypuppy.com, promo code Tamara. Don't let them suffer needlessly. Let them enjoy life too. What I love about your story, Gary, is that, um, and I've been to your events, I've spoken at several of the FM events, and they're phenomenal. And the, and the attendees, your members really love what they learn and the opportunities they get to connect in a way that I don't always see at conferences. But what I, I love about your story is that um, you, you found that niche actually during the worst time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it wasn't, you didn't ride a wave, you actually figured a gap out in the process of, you know, kind of some financial instability in the industry? Well, here's here's something else that happened to us. Um, May 24th is when we got fired. Uh, July 1st is when we launched. So think about that timeline. That's pretty quick. Uh, we put the business plan together uh, in a month, uh, went to the bank, borrowed $100,000. Uh, September 11th happened, and two planes flew into towers. And remember, we started in July. September 11th happened. It pushed our business plan back six six months, um, you know, because that brought everybody to their knees. Everybody said, wow, nobody spent any money other than what they had to operate at that point because they didn't know what they're they didn't know what they're doing. It was going to happen. Yeah, everything came to a halt. Yeah. So we brought this company up through 9-11 um, and, you know, we're 18 years in. We've got 31 events. Uh, we've had a new we've had a new company or new uh, business every single year of business that we've been in business. And, uh, you know, and there's been downturns and, you know, we didn't realize it at the point at the at the time that we launched. But we really have a product that protects itself from anything happening in the economy. It's it's recession proof, because when you have a downturn, the first thing that is cut is travel and marketing. And especially travel, right? Because um, it's not needed. It's not needed. You don't do it. So uh, we're a local event. We bring people in from a 60-mile radius. They're in. uh, They're out. That's one day out of the office. Uh, So it played right into our hands every time that happened. And, you know, the only the only impact we would feel in a downturn might be it might be tough for people to pay to go. But for us, you know, that's not what we rely on for a revenue stream. It's it's. Excuse me. It's really something that uh, just helps you get people to the event when they commit to pay. So, is your revenue stream then, if you don't mind me asking, sponsors and like the other the other side of events versus the attendees? Yeah, it's a it's a mix, but you know, it just depends on the market. I mean, we have several markets where people don't pay to go because we have competitors in the market that are that way, right? So, it's hard for you to ask people to pay when nobody else is that. Right. And uh, when there's a lot of noise noise in the market. Um, you know, executives only have so much time that they can spend out of the office. So then you're competing with their time as well. So you got to, there's just a lot of things, uh, the, the registration hurdle at that point, you know, that can't be a hurdle for us. So, but in the markets where we can charge, uh, we absolutely do because when you have a commitment fee from people, um, you know, your, your no show, uh, rates go go way down. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's a combination. You know, I would say that um, you know the majority majority of our revenue obviously comes from sponsorship revenue. Yeah, oh, fascinating. Well, Gary, that was that was great. Said in the very very beginning, there were two stories, and I wasn't sure if it was kind of two stories wrapped into what we just talked about, or if there was a second 
the second story uh second story is a new company we're launching right now oh yeah and uh after july july 5th uh after the holiday here uh we will be going out to uh, the alumni uh that we work with with uh with it but we are launching um and by the time your book comes out and everything else, uh, the, we'll be way into this. But uh, the, the name of the company is IT Pack. Uh, it's a virtual IT community. And, um, you know, it's been my wish and, and uh, been my dream to connect people throughout the United States. And uh, right now we're in 31 markets. We're in 28 states with events. We don't have the bandwidth uh, or the infrastructure to ever go to 50 states with events. And some of the some of the states won't even you know, wouldn't support it anyway. But I can go there virtually uh, in every single market. So uh, we work with a lot of executives. And one of the things that uh, is happening and, and uh, is they are just getting hounded. They're getting killed from all different directions with, with uh, vendor-type companies, you know, wanting time, right? And, you know, from our side, we kind of play both sides of the fence. It's it's tough for us in events because we feel for those people. There's a lot of pressure on salespeople to deliver, and it's hard to make contact with executives. So, <clears throat> what we have decided to do, our forums that we that we have, I mentioned before, five forums. They are vendor free. Uh, we do not allow vendors in those. They're they're peer to peer groups that are strictly put together to collaborate on the common IT issues they all face. So we said, wouldn't there be a, what, isn't there an opportunity for connect, us to connect people in that same uh, type of environment? So we've taken the position that uh, this particular IT community will not have any vendor involvement whatsoever. Uh, you will not see a pop-up ad anywhere. You will not see ads down the side of the screen. Um, you will not have information that's data mined, and you will not be solicited in this community. It's truly going to be a peer-to-peer community. Uh, then we looked at, well, what, what level should we be at? Well, there's all kinds of stuff out there for CIOs, uh, and there's a lot of free stuff out there for CIOs. So, again, that's not where we need to be. We're focusing on one, two, and three levels below the CIO. Uh, this is the most over, overworked group in the, in the all the companies that we work with, and they are the absolute most underserved group when it comes to IT communities. So uh, what's going to happen here is, um, you know, that's our target. Obviously, we'll have CIOs in, in the community, uh, but, but, you know, our, our target will be one, two, and three levels below them uh, with the idea that we want to take that group. Uh, we want to provide uh, real-life IT experiences, not, not research, real-life stuff. And, um, well, I've done 37 executive interviews so far with CIOs. Uh, we've videotaped those. We've got audio and video both. Uh, that'll be one piece of this. Uh, we've, we've got webinars. Uh, the webinars eventually will be, we've got about 400 breakouts that we do every year in the symposiums. So we're going to take the top 100 rated, uh, breakouts and they will become webinars. Oh, cool. Uh, we've got contributors that are writing for us. Uh, some are weekly. Some are biweekly. Um, we've got, you know, suggested readings. We'll have continuing ed. Um, There'll just be a little bit of everything. But, um, you know, we work with about 8,000 IT executives across the 28 states. So, you know, we will first connect all those folks and then we'll move out from them and connect all 50 states. That's awesome, Gary. I'm happy to hear that. And um, I'm curious, when you were thinking about pursuing this idea, how, how did you... How did you get from here's an idea to here are the things we're actually including? Like, what were some of those beginning steps? Well, we, you know, we've we've talked about it internally. 
and uh, for many years, like I said, probably five, six years, and um, running the business just got in the way. Um, and you know, I originally thought it's probably a newsletter or it's something like that that helps connect people. And um, it wasn't until we we again um, we were without a marketing person for a little bit last year, um, and uh, during um, uh, maternity leave. And we were interviewing some people to come in and, and um, potentially help us during that process. And we happened to come across a marketing company that that has a guy that does a lot of videography type stuff. And um, um, and that really kind of opened up the idea that uh, here's a production team. Uh, here's a here's a group that can go out and, and help us capture information. And then uh, so we talked more with them uh, about eight months ago. I finally just said, we're going to do this. Um, if we don't do it, somebody else is going to do it. We got to be first. Um, you know, we have the event side of this business. That's the, that's the engine that's going to drive this. It's going to help us with content. Uh, we have a ton of relationships out there. Um, every executive gets to a point in their career where they want to give back. This is their opportunity to give back and help mentor people that are below them. And, um, we can do something very, very big with this. And, um, you know, I'm about giving back. I'm about paying stuff forward. Our events, you know, with the partnerships we have in those and the revenue sharing we have in those uh, in 2018, we gave back uh, $800,000 in the communities we're in. Amazing. With IT PAC, we can continue that. Um, the uh, the registration membership fee for the annual fee will be $300 a year. We purposely kept it very low. Because I want any individual that has aspirations of growing their career to be able to afford this. And even if their company doesn't support it. But $50 of every $300 that's paid in will go back into the communities we're in. Very cool. So we, we, we will give another, this thing will grow well over a million dollars and give back just in that as well. So we're excited about it. Um, you know, I, I've been doing the event side for a long time. You know how you get, uh, you get tired. Yeah. Your tank gets a little empty. So it's a grind. It's really a grind on the on the event side. Yes. Well, it's it's, it's, it's really kind of got my juices going again here. It's it's uh, it's exciting. It is exciting. Um, congratulations on that. And first of all, that was perfect. So thank you for sharing all that. Um, that's exactly what I was looking for. Just very like I don't want to say cut and dry, but just like stories of like looking at something a little bit differently and creating something out of it. So perfect. Um, and I'm excited for the new. I didn't realize mm-hmm. what the new business was. That's very cool. So congratulations. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. yeah, we Will have people me... uh, doing beta, beta, beta testing on it right now. So. Cool. Will you let me know what I can do to support when when the time comes. Okay. Yeah, that would be great. Congratulations! By listening to this podcast, you took another step towards becoming an everyday innovator. To leap forward, visit www.gotolaunchstreet.com and take the Innovation Quotient Edge Assessment to discover your unique everyday innovator style and access the Everyday Innovator Digital Magazine for the top tools, insights, and inspiration at your fingertips 24-7. Tomorrow, we'll be back with another Everyday Innovator conversation soon. In the meantime, if you got a nugget of value out of this podcast, let Tamara know by leaving a five-star review and comment. Your review equals more guests, more listeners, listens bigger impact until next time